home where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. <laughs> Sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Hello. Hola. It's me. Shannon Farron. We all know how this goes. That the government shows up, tells us how much they care, and they do nothing. Gary Hoffman. I believe we'll make it out of here because, because I choose to believe it. From the makers of the 33 comes Gary and Shannon. I eat rocks. I get pretty sick. You mean today? Yeah. I mean, doesn't everyone want to be in bed right now? All this weather. All this weather. (laughs) Well, I hope, by the way, I hope if you're listening live on the iHeartRadio app from a place like, I don't know. Philadelphia. Wisconsin or Pennsylvania. (laughs) And we complain about the weather (laughs) that you laugh at us because that was silly. Did you even turn your windshield wipers on today on the way to work? No. I did twice for about 30 seconds apiece. Once was because the guy in front of me squirted his washer fluid all over and it went on every car behind him instead of on his windshield. And then the second because there were some sprinkles sprinkles in the air on what is probably the first rainy day we've had yeah, it, in seven years. It feels like fall today, even if it is 74 degrees. <laughs> Feels like autumn. We have a big show for you today. Big stories we are following. Chuck Grassley calling for an end to the personal attacks and destruction targeting Christine Blasey Ford. Calls for an end to personal attacks on Kavanaugh as well, who denies the accusation, of course. Grassley tweeted after President Trump mocked Ford at a political rally in Mississippi yesterday. If you missed it, he said things like to the effect of she remembers she had one beer but can't remember anything else. Oh, one beer. I had one beer. It's like he's turning that around from Kavanaugh back to, back to her. How does she remember that she just had one beer? There's two things about that that disturb to me. And I, I get this from from people who don't drink. And I don't mean like don't drink anymore or never had experience with it. People who just don't drink. They don't want to drink. That's totally fine. But then assuming what they know, assuming that they know 
how alcohol can impact you in different ways. Right. For example, not to throw my mom under the bus, but if I have a beer, she doesn't drink a whole lot at all. I mean, she never really has. So if I have a beer, she'll automatically assume you're wasted. I'm, I'm pretty loaded. Yeah. Right. How many of those are you going to have? Yeah. I might have four, mom. I might have four. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm not driving anywhere. Yeah. I'm not performing CPR on anybody. And even if I was, it would automatically kill the germ. Yeah. I don't know how you can talk about somebody's drunkenness or non-drunkenness if you've never had a drink and you yeah. don't know how it affects that, that, the that, body. That was just a weird thing. The other thing is, shut up. Yeah. Stop talking about this woman. Let other people do it. You as the president are so far removed from what should be happening he can't in the help Senate. Himself. I know. And that's the problem is that there were, early on in this in this discussion about Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, everybody was saying, I, we said this. We said, wow, you know what? He's showing restraint. That's his best, strongest position in this case is to rise above it. And then he started dropping hints about, well, you know, uh, she's she's not very credible. And then she, he said she was credible. And then she seems like a nice lady. And then just just in, ignore, ignore her if you can't restrain yourself because it just doesn't look good. It, it looks. You're I couldn't bo- agree more. That's below you. That's beneath you to do that. There's no positive that comes out no. of it. And I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, I've got to uh, stand behind Kavanaugh. I've got to do something to make him see- – I've got to defend him in some way. Right. And he can do that without disparaging what we saw last Thursday in that testimony. He, he doesn't have to do that. So, uh, anyway, we'll talk about the Kavanaugh thing coming up in a few minutes. At the bottom of next hour, we're going to be talking about yet another cold case solved by DNA. This from here in California, although it's up in north northern California. Wow. Um, I just read what what Nick wrote for our Goop segment. What Did you see I, that? That's why I wanted to do the segment, that quote right there. Oh, you can read it. I don't know if I can. Yes, you can. All right. Went in for a vagina egg. Came out with nothing. Blake. Stop it. No, you can't. Keep that. No, you can't isolate that. Uh, we have a bunch that we're going to get to with um, sneaky alcohol. Speaking of alcohol, there was a story about a mom who got busted for sneaking liquor into a movie. I don't understand a, why this is news. Well, this I, is a Tuesday. It, it was at a kid's sippy cup, which I guess is what causes the problems. But we wanted to ask... What's the craziest place or the craziest way you've snuck alcohol somewhere? Get to us on Twitter at Gary and Shannon. We'll go through your uh, responses coming up. Craziest place that you've snuck it or the craziest way that you've snuck it into someplace. Yes. All right. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We should get Kavanaugh on the phone. (laughs) All right. This bombshell report about the taxes and the Trump family, to me, I don't know how you feel, but when I heard this, it is not a bombshell. And who didn't think that this happened? And when you have more money than God... People do this kind of stuff all the time. There's an expectation. I have always had an expectation that there's a certain income level. I don't know what it is. I don't know where the number is. Yeah. That you find a way to reduce the amount of taxes that you're going to pay. And I don't mean just, you know, you hire an accountant. I mean, 
You hire a few accounts. You move money around. You move money You move around. it out of the country. Right, that sort of thing. You put it in other people's names. That, that goes on all the time. Now, I think the reason that this was interesting to me is that the president has repeatedly said that he just got a million-dollar loan, I believe, from his father. Right. And the New York Times report says that the president received at least $413 million from his father over the decades. I don't... I don't... And? Uh, exactly. I mean, the one thing it does is it, it, it erodes the, the ongoing um, narrative that the president has for a long time said about himself. Right. Back when he was billionaire Donald Trump, real estate guy, when he was candidate Trump and has been a president, he would say things like, I'm a self-made billionaire or I did all of this myself. I don't know if anybody believed that in the first place. And to be honest, I don't care. I don't care either. And it's the same thing with Brett Kavanaugh in the testimony saying that I busted my butt to get into Yale. He was a legacy at Yale. You know what I mean? Like there was, his grandfather went there. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you were a legacy or your dad gave you a bunch of money through the years – then just be honest about it. Don't 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 bill yourself as a self-made man. Before you before you bore yourself to death by reading the New York Times article, fifteen thousand word essay on the Trump money, it says basically that Dad Trump, Fred, avoided gift and inheritance taxes by setting up a, a sham corporation. Uh, by undervaluing assets to tax authorities. A lawyer for Trump told The Times there was no fraud or tax evasion and the facts cited in the report are extremely inaccurate. White House, their quote was, it's a misleading attack against the Trump family by the failing New York Times. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the New York State Tax Department told the AP that they're going to review these allegations in The Times. Shame on the New York Tax Department if you didn't already have multi-billionaires in your sites. There's nothing wrong with keeping an eye on guys who have multi-billions of dollars and hundreds of millions moving day to day through in and out. There's nothing wrong with keeping an eye on those guys. Make sure they play by the rules. Why does it take a New York Times article for you to to wake up and go, oh, wait a minute, this guy make $400 million. Uh, maybe I should... Uh, Checking on their taxes there. The Times says that before Fred Trump died, the dad in the late 90s, he transferred the ownership of most of his real estate to his four living children. Uh, the same properties would be sold off over the next decade. And it looks like the president's father and mother transferred over a billion to their kids. And that should have produced a tax bill of five hundred fifty million dollars. Instead, the children paid fifty two million or about five percent. This and right this happens all the time. It's that it's got a Trump name associated with it. It's that the New York Times had 15,000 words that they were wait. They were just waiting for. But this is going to fall so flat. This is going to fall so ridiculously flat. But, I mean, there are people who are going to read this and go, see, I told you. He cheated his who way to. Who didn't think that they cheated on their taxes like most people with FNU money do? Anyway. All right, coming up next, we've got a handwritten letter from Brett Kavanaugh that's now in the spotlight from 1983. Again, I can't believe that we're going through high school-aged correspondence. Yep, that's what's happening. Does it start with Dear Beer? No, but it, the, the, the sign on it, uh, the signature on it, the, or the salutation, what do you call it, is F-F-F-F-F-F. Hmm. Love those Fs. All right. Hey, we got $1,000 to give away. Don't forget. You're shot at $1,000 now. 
text the keyword cash to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's cash to 200 200 don't forget you got to answer that phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize your next chance to win is going to be next hour between you know five after and 20 after or so something like that you have a chance to win a thousand dollars an hour monday through friday from 5 a.m to 6 20 p.m every day Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Well, uh, Hoff. Yeah. I know it's not going to come as news to you, but it turns out there are some drinkers among us. What? Yeah, we asked for the craziest and most creative way you've snuck alcohol into insert place here. Yeah. Um... And the responses so far oh on God. Twitter, uh, Gary and Shannon, are hilarious. The, the word that Lisa used, but she yeah. used the word fupa. She did. She did. And, I didn't know everybody knew that word. Um, yes, everyone knows that word. Oh. And okay, Edward. Edwards is really, really top of the line. <laughs> top of the true. line. That can't be true. That can be true. Um, you can you can see some of these at Gary and Shannon uh, on Twitter. We will uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show. But there was a woman who got caught sneaking liquor into a movie in her kid's sippy cup, and we were asking, "What's the craziest place that you've snuck alcohol?" Yeah, because into? a theater or, is not. I, I don't even that's know why that's news. Way. Well, especially now because a lot of them will sell you beer and wine right uh, right there at the concession stand with your popcorns. Uh, My or, uncle once told me that he uh, snuck a fifth of vodka in mm-hmm. his pants to a 49er game. I have not let him live that down. I mean, you, we you everywhere we go, every time. like we're at his daughter's wedding over the weekend, and <laughs> I'm like, so do you have a fifth of vodka down your pants? <laughs> like, I should have never told you that. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. By the way, Brian also tweeted, where's the presidential alert? That's actually next hour. So we're going to talk more about that next hour at about 11. Oh, right at the top of the hour, I'll tell you what to expect before your phone blows up. Well, we have two letters here. We've got a letter from Christine Ford's ex-boyfriend from the 90s. And we've got a letter from Brett Kavanaugh from 1983. Both have come into the headlines in the past 24 hours. Yeah, let's start with the ex-boyfriend thing because I think this is going to be, it's not as big a deal as this Brett Kavanaugh letter. But this man dated Ford, he says, from 1992 to 1998 and wrote in a letter to Chuck Grassley, head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, that he once saw Dr. Ford help ease the nerves of a friend preparing to take a polygraph by explaining in in detail what to expect when taking a lie detector test and how they work. Now, during last Thursday's hearing, the prosecutor there, Rachel Mitchell, asked Christine Ford at one point if she had ever talked with anyone other than her lawyers about how to take a polygraph. And Christine Ford was adamant. I remember seeing her answer this question saying never. But... Who do, we don't know who this guy is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those. It could potentially be absolutely nothing. And then, to be honest, that's kind of way the way my needle leans. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh, in this letter from 1983, is getting ready for Beach Week. Remember Beach Week from the calendars. <laughs> His calendars from 1982 highlighted a beach week at one point. Well, 1983 was no different, and they were going to Ocean City. 
And he sent this letter, handwritten letter, to seven of his Georgetown prep classmates as they got ready to go to Beach Week. It mostly gives instructions for them arriving at the condo and several off-the-cuff remarks. <laughs> Shall we just read it? Um, it's got the names, dear blank, 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 etc. If half of Gonzaga and St. John starts coming, we might have to give the boot or else we might get it ourselves. I think we're unanimous that any girls we can beg to stay there are welcomed with open dot, 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 it says. Anyway, I think we're all set. Remember that the eight of us are in charge. We get beds and we kick people out. No one else. The danger of eviction is great. And that would suck because of the money and because this week has big potential, parentheses, interpret as wish. I'm leaving for Ireland on Wednesday the 8th, so someone has to volunteer by then to be in charge of money and signing the lease, parentheses, it will still be in my name, and then the salutation or the greeting at the end, F-F-F-F-F, Bart. P.S. It would probably be a good idea on Saturday the 18th to warn the neighbors that we're loud, obnoxious drunks with prolific pukers among us, advise them to go about 30 miles, and on and on and on and on. He's pretty... uh... He writes pretty well for an 18-year-old boy. You know, prolific's a great word. Now, uh, this is a common letter that you would get or a common sentiment that you would get if you were going to go rent a condo with a bunch of your buddies. Right. And then you know other people are going to show up to party. And then you want to make sure that you can kick them out if you want. Right? We've all had, we all had this conversation. Maybe it wasn't a beach week. Maybe it wasn't a condo on the beach. But... You've had the conversation if it's a house party or whatever. Right. I'm in charge or it's under his name or she's the one who got the, you know, pay her the rent money or totally. whatever it is. Totally. Hotel parties. Right. All of this stuff. This, I mean. The reason this isn't in the news is because of that postscript. Because he writes, warn the neighbors that were loud, obnoxious drunks and prolific ah, pukers. Don't forget, we got to point out that it was signed by Bart. Um, and he admits he wrote it. Brett Kavanaugh admits he wrote it and signed the name Bart. Now, that's significant also because Mark Judge, the friend, in the book that he wrote about blackout drinking among his friends, he had a character in there named Bart O. Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. not Brett Kavanaugh. And And he wrote that Bart O. Kavanaugh had once puked in someone's car, passed out on his way back from a party, while describing the culture of blackout drinking in high school. Right. Well, oh, we'll boy. By the way, the FBI says they may have this uh they may have their investigation wrapped up by today. They haven't talked to Christine Ford yet. But they haven't talked to Christine Ford yet. That's the that's the weirdest That's the weird part to me if there's a leak that they're going to have this thing done by today. Yeah. That's a long interview that they've got planned with her today. Right. If that's the case. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on that story. Coming back, what you watching Wednesday? Some cool TV stuff. Oh, we'll look tell at the time. I forgot we were on the radio. I know. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, the first ever nationwide emergency alert test for cell phones is going to happen at about 1118. 
FEMA officials say the test is expected to reach about 225 million mobile devices. It's going to be like an amber alert or a flash uh, flood warning. And it's going to read presidential alert. <laughs> uh, yeah, but people are going to lose their minds. Yeah, because not everybody listens to the program. Well, that's too bad. Uh, or, or any media at all. We'll talk so. more about it, how it actually works coming up at 11 o'clock so that you'll be ready for it. And we're the only show that's doing that. Getting you ready for the earth-shattering text message that's going to bother you for four seconds. Hey, we're also asking you where and how you've snuck alcohol into a place that maybe you shouldn't have done that. Or at least the rules say you shouldn't have done that. Hit us up at Gary and Shannon on uh, Twitter. (laughs) The rules say. Uh, There was uh, another scientist locally, I think Caltech, that got uh, another Nobel Prize today. That's pretty good. Um, and I can't imagine what that phone call is like at three in the morning when someone tells you you won the Nobel Prize. Well, because it's always bad news at three in the morning. You yeah, know, who who gets a true. good news call at three in the morning? And, and if you're smart enough to realize that the number that shows up on your caller ID is from Sweden and it says Nobel, uh, I think it was another telemarketer. Luckily, you and I will never have to deal <laughs> we don't with have that. To worry about that. <laughs> well, it's hey. Wednesdays. And what you watching was that? <laughs> the following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. I loved Choose Your Own Adventure books. Thank you. Yes. I loved them. I, as an adult, wish that there were Choose Your Own Adventure books for adults. Um, there and was... The one I remember was UFO inside UFO fifty four forty. Yes, it's. I remember. We I read all that have thing that end to end. Yeah, um, Netflix is doing this for uh, for us now. Black Mirror is going to be a choose your own adventure series. If you haven't seen Black Mirror, it's kind of like Twilight Zone, but mm, darker. It's hard to binge watch Black Mirror because it's a lot. It's a it's 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 dense, right? Um, But Netflix says that it is developing a slate of specials that will let viewers choose the next storyline in a TV episode or movie. And Black Mirror will get the treatment first. That is pretty cool. Um, They're saying that they're going to do one episode in the upcoming season. And the it's not necessarily the first foray into the Choose Your Own Adventure program. I understand HBO did one with uh, Mosaic. Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. The longer version of Mosaic is available in the uh, HBO app itself. But this is a new way, I think, for for entertainment companies in general oh. to lure customers. Remember the mystery of Chimney Rock? I thought that was a Hardy Boys That was title. a good one. And then Journey Under the Sea? Journey Under the Sea, yeah. I remember, yes. I'm just looking at all the titles now. Um, and... The the whole thing, they were all written by a guy, by Edward Packard or something like that. Where is he? Can we get him on the show? Edward Packard? Let's if see if he's he still alive. He writing all these in 82. I don't know if he's still around at this point. Well, you were around in 82. Yeah, but I wasn't writing, I wasn't writing a series he's of eighty-seven. adventure books. He's 87. Oh, Nick! Nick, get him on Edward the program. Edward Packard! Um, the, that was a little violent. I apologize. But you're the star of the you're you're the star of the story. Choose from thirty possible endings. The other one that uh, I remember. Do you remember the movie Clue when it came out originally? 
There were yes. there were different endings depending on which showing you went to, something like that. Uh, I vaguely, vaguely remember yeah. that, uh, but that was, I guess, sort of the the first version of this. But just imagine uh, an hour long show with multiple endings. You're going beyond the normal scripted thing. I mean, you're talking about producing multiple endings in different branches. So you're talking more for an hour-long episode of a show, whether it's something exotic like Black Mirror or something simple like This Is Us. You ha- I shouldn't say simple, but I mean not technologic. There's no special effects or anything. You're going to have to basically develop, I would imagine, four or five hours of content, depending on how many different branches you make available to the audience. And... I think it's great. I think this is clearly the future of the way people are going to watch TV. But when we come in and do What You Watch on Wednesday, the questions wouldn't – they wouldn't be like, hey, uh, Shannon's watching uh, A Million Little Things now. It's I watched A Million Little Things and I made him get in the car. Yeah. And I'd say, no, 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 he didn't get in the car. She just drove off without him. Right. How did your story end? Well, my story ended this way. Yeah, that, that'll that, be fun. It would be – I mean, it would be a um, – uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, speaking of Goop coming up next hour, Gwyneth Paltrow did a movie like that called Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors. I was going to say Closing Doors. That was a great movie, and uh, I wish more movies took from from that because it is kind of fun because we all have this life thing going on where we make a decision and it impacts, can impact the rest of your life. And does it, or do you end up in the same place? Do you become who you're going to become because that's destiny or are they your decisions that make that happen? Well, and then imagine if you were to get some of these major blockbuster movies, if you get an Avengers movie where you choose your own adventure, the beginning of the civil war between Iron Man and Captain America, what if one of them kills the other? Or what if they? What if it never happens and they end up being friends, which would be a boring ending? But or Thanos never gets right. His what if? Um, what if Iron Man kills Thanos? Right, or something. It's so much fun to think about, isn't it? P.S. I did watch a million, P.S. a million little things. Oh, and tell us when we get back. Okay, Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment with our What You Watching Wednesday. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders just held a White House press briefing. At 12.30, we'll play some of the comments for you, but she said in the uh, campaign rally down in Mississippi last night that the president was not mocking Dr. Christine Ford's testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. He was just stating facts. So we'll talk more about that and actually give you her uh, explanation for that. Speaking of which, uh, the committee chairman, Charles Grassley, is calling for an end to personal attacks and destruction that target Dr. Ford. He's been calling for an end to these attacks on Kavanaugh as well, who denies uh, Ford's accusation. He was tweeting, uh, Chuck Grassley was, uh, yeah, Chuck Grassley tweets anything. Chuck Grassley's office tweeted that earlier today um, after the uh, the rally last night. All right, we've been talking about what you watch on Wednesday, some of the TV shows that are going on, and it looks like it looks like once we see one style of show that works, and we've seen this since TV started. It's a race it's to a race. come up with another one. What is the next This Is Us that's going to make everyone cry and come in and say, Oh my God, I can't believe that Randall got in the car. 
And ABC threw their hat into the ring with the million little pieces. A million little things. A million little things. It's all about friendship. It's not a big couple big things. It's a million little things. That's the gist. All right? It's four guys that met in an elevator a decade ago when the elevator got stuck. And they were in there for a while. And one of the guys who kind of seems to be the alpha male in in the group of friends says, hey, we all love the Penguins, I think it is. Let's get uh, Penguin season tickets. Hockey, right? Is it Penguins? Yes. Okay. And Pittsburgh. Yes. Yes. Sure. And uh, <laughs> so they start this friendship of going to the games, 40-something games a year, and they become friends. And this guy who convinced them all to go in on season tickets, never let him pay for the season tickets, by the way. It's very odd. And they were all friends, and he ends up in the first episode of the season, he ends up jumping out of a building, of his office building. And everyone is so perplexed. Why would he do this? And so there's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of things that have happened in the group of friends. Somebody maybe having sex with somebody else's wife. Uh uh, That kind of a thing. The dialogue is not at this is us level. It seems really cheap at times. It seems hack at times. I like the idea of the interwoven stories and the secrets that are going to come out and how they all uh, work with each other. But the dialogue is like mid to late 90s level. Now, one of the things that This Is Us does from what I've seen is that they do a lot of the back and forth. There's two or three sort of time uh, segments that they concentrate on. It's like Westworld in that way. Yeah, well, hold on. <laughs> I would say Westworld intentionally confuses you about yeah. where you are in time. But This Is Us makes it very clear. Yeah. Does does the million little things do that? I mean, they make it clear that they're talking about something yeah. that happened in the past. Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah. But what do you think so far? I mean, is it, is it worth I'm gonna watching? Give, I'm going to give it, it, I'm gonna give it a couple episodes um, because I do like the idea behind it. We uh, – we had been told multiple times to watch Shameless, right? The uh, Showtime show with William H. Macy, Emmy Rossum, et cetera. Yeah. My wife picked up on that, and my wife has been watching that. Does she like it? She's been binging that whole thing. So she'll be doing work, and that thing is playing in the background. So she's – I wouldn't say she's invested in it, but she's deep enough into it now. She's going to have to finish. She's going to have to go all the way through it. I have good news for everybody. Yes. Uh, Below Deck is back. It premiered <laughs> last night. And? They you- kept Kate – the head steward, and they kept Captain Lee, but all the other people. Sorry about that. But you could at least pretend you're listening to me. Oh, I was. I, that's not. What I'm, I'm just kidding. Doing. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the rest of the crew, they're all different. Usually they keep a couple of right. them from the last season. Yeah. They're all different. And you know what? I was wondering if it was going to make a difference. It doesn't. As long as you have the Captain Lee and Kate. The rest are it just meatheads and eye right. candy. And you're just wondering who's going to hook up with who and who's going to get drunk, who's <laughs> going to fall out the boat, who's going to screw up the toys. Um, there are two other things that I, that uh, we started this week, or one that, one other thing that we started this week and one that I'm interested in. One of them was uh, the second season of Atypical, which is another Netflix show, Jennifer Jason Lee and uh, Michael Rappaport. And it's about ha- the, the family of an autistic teenager. See, that to me sounds like a chore. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. depress me. It sounds like work that I'm going to have to put in. Like, I'm in it, this family, and it's work. I wouldn't say it's hilarious, but it is more funny than it is dramatic. Okay. Um, there are a couple of, like, sad moments in it. Uh, and there are times that it is uncomfortable. But in general, I would say Atypical is a fun 
Okay. I guess as fun as you can get talking about dealing with a kid who is who's on the spectrum. But they are very open about it, and the kid is totally conscious of his own autism. So it's not as if uh, they're you know they're trying to do a show about a kid that he doesn't know. And he's very aware of it. As a therapist, you know, mom and dad are having some issues. The older sister or younger sister is also um, has to deal with this whole. Dr- anyway, two seasons in, or I should say, season and a half in, they still do a great job, and I like Michael Rapaport a lot. And he plays a character here that's not the sort of rough-and-tumble street kid guy uh, grown up. He's a much more, he's a lovable, somewhat goofy, but lovable dad in this. So that's fun. Um, but the second one I wanted to talk about was Charmed. Have you seen the ads for this yet? No. The Char- reboot Char- of oh, Charmed. Charmed was with uh, Alyssa yes. Milano? Shannon Doherty, Alyssa Milano, and eventually Rose McGowan joined the cast. I remember because I think Shannon Doherty got into it with the girls and was out of there after like a season or something. I never watched an episode, but I remember the drama. Uh, they start up on uh, the 14th. The CW will re- will reboot Charmed. Are they using the same people? No. Oh. No, much younger people, oh. as you know. Holly. And it's about witches? Yeah. And what do they do? I guess that are witches. They do spells? Something like that. I, again, I didn't watch it either, but it was one of those things that you can't get away from. You can't get away from it. And now, especially when you're driving around here in Burbank, it's everywhere. All the little oh, bus really? signs are all charmed well, on CW starting October What's old October is new again. Speaking of what's old is new again, the Connors uh, debuts next week. Tuesday, October 16th. There's one thing on everyone's mind. There's no place for the corn holders. No, that ain't it. What's next for the Connors? I thought we should talk about a game plan for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. I say we follow the Connor tradition, spend every dime we have on Halloween, and then we have nothing to be thankful for or buy gifts with. The Connors. So there you go. It's uh, Roseanne without Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. That's going to be a big hole, and I don't mean it in a a body-conscious way. does (laughs) Does it last a season? Or do you think it's going to just, the first episode's going to get all kinds of viewers and they're just going to fall short and it gets canceled halfway through? I don't know. I'm not a television Nostradamus. I can't predict what the people will like. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Thank you. When we come back, prepare your cell phones for destruction because the presidential alert system is going to buzz everyone's phone. And I, by the way, if you... I'm ready for this. I know. We, uh, we're we going to mic up one of our phones or both of our phones in here so that we can make sure that when it goes off, we are fully conscious of what's about to happen. All right? Got it. Got it. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. This is so funny. Um, I, all these alerts I get on my phone uh, for different news publications, right? It's been like all Kavanaugh all the time, right? I just got one from Vox because now that it's all about Kavanaugh, it's also all about drinking, right? So I just get an, a notification from Vox. If yeah. you drink to excess, you can black out without realizing it. The science of blackout drinking. Uh, like, do we really need to go down this hole? We know how it works. Internet. Thanks, Thanks, Internet. (laughs) You're drunk. Go home. (laughs) Uh, Big stories that we are following along those lines. Some of the senators actually had to use Capitol Hill police escorts today to get into their offices. A bunch of protesters were there to confront them over the Brett Kavanaugh nomination to the Supreme Court. 
Uh, Mitch McConnell opened the Senate today saying that senators would not be intimidated from doing their jobs. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, There is a security firm that's also raising alarm over a North Korean group that it says has stolen hundreds of millions of dollars by hacking the computer systems of banks worldwide since 2014. Uh, North Korea officially says they didn't do it and had no involvement in the cyber attack. So, And then we'll talk about this um, emergency management test coming up in a few minutes. But before we get into that, why don't we do this a little early? Why don't we give away our $1,000? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. And remember, you got to answer the phone. It's going to be a number that you don't recognize, and you've got to pick it up or you don't win. They'll move on to somebody else. Your next chance to win $1,000 coming up next hour and all day till 6-20-ish. Okay, so to pull the curtain back just a little bit, in a few minutes... We are doing, there's going to be a test of the emergency system here, and we will not have any control over it. Blake has literally crossed his arms in the other room and cannot control what's about to happen to the station. Now, we'll also talk about... The sun came out. I think that's what the alert is for, by the way. For people like you who thought that this was the end of the world as we knew it because there was a cloud in the sky today. (laughs) Sorry, sunshine. Um (laughs) But in a few minutes, actually, all of our phones are going to go off. The Trump administration is going to send messages to more than 200 million cell phones scheduled for about uh, 10 minutes from now, testing a previously unused presidential alert system that would warn the public in the event of a national emergency. Uh, FEMA is going to send the alert, and it's going to actually have a headline that says presidential alert. And your phone's going to make some sort of a loud tone and have a a special vibration as well if your phone does that. And the phone's going to make make you aware of this test, which, by the way, then you clear and it doesn't bother you again. If you're one of these people who is really concerned about your day going down the toilet because of a one-time alert, I feel bad for you. Why are you yelling? Because there are people who are literally upset. There are people in New York who are suing because they can't turn off the alert on their phone. They're suing the Federal Emergency Management Agency because they don't want to be informed in the event of a national emergency. I think I have all of my alerts turned off because whenever an Amber Alert wakes up the whole California, yes. I don't get it. So I must have something. I don't know how to work this. Or maybe well, they but. maybe they just think you don't care about kids. I don't. So there's a point. Why would they well, even send it to you if you don't care? Actually, in that vein, I don't care when it's a parent who takes their kid in a wow. custody battle. I am not. I mean, I don't think we should get alert at three it. in the morning for that. If it's, it's a stranger abduction, if the kid's in danger, it's one thing. But usually, it's just a custody fight. Yeah, but the and majority- if both the parents love the kid. Hmm. I just don't think it should be treated the same. I don't think it should be treated the same as a stranger abduction. I think the Amber Alert system got watered down a little bit when we started uh, putting family court battles in there. I don't even know where to go. I don't even know you anymore. Is that bad to say that? <laughs> you don't care about just, kids in I danger. Looked, I just looked at Blake. Yeah, Blake, like Blake's the one. Like Blake's the arbiter of uh, what's right and wrong. <laughs> Good lord. Um, A lot of people are paying a lot of attention to this, of course, simply because the president is so active on Twitter and social media 
that people are somehow confusing that with, oh, the president's going to send me a text message today. Yeah, I think that's what that. Well, that's kind of how it was framed in the initial uh, headlines that I read. It was that the president's taking over your phone and is going to be pushing information to your phone ad nauseum whenever he wants. Clearly, physically, electronically, technologically impossible for the president to pull the trigger on this. Why are they calling it a presidential alert? Because he would be the one who would authorize it. Okay. But it's not like he can get up, uh, take his morning constitutional, and then while he's there, go, oh, I got something the whole country should know about. Uh, I had corn last night or whatever it was, and tell everybody. That's not what this is about. I just think that that title is what got everybody all worked up and got uh, people's imagination running wild. Um, A test alert will be sent by a device similar to a laptop, they say, from a laboratory that belongs to the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And an actual alert would be used for an impending missile attack or some other sort of national emergency. This all came about because a couple of years ago, President Obama signed a law that required FEMA to come up with this type of a system to send cell phone alerts in the event of a public safety emergency. So uh, there were some issues, I guess, uh, April 5th, they did an emergency alert system in the Washington area, and it said that some people did not get the alerts on some devices, so they're trying to analyze that and make sure that everybody gets them. So we'll we'll check, because you say you don't get alerts I do get all of the Amber Alerts, and they wake me up all the time. Oh, that'll be a good uh, so, so gauge. So we'll, we'll check over the next few minutes. Again, at 11.18, supposedly our time is when this is going to happen. Listen to you. I do care about the children. I get them all the time. Well, I'm just saying that was a really <laughs> I take it back. nice thing to I say. I take it back okay. because you've changed the way you look at me now. Uh, but I, I do believe that if there's a parent who is a danger to the kid, I understand it, but not when it's just a custody dispute. Well, and they wouldn't do it if it was just a custody dispute. Mm. Usually they do it if there, there's some fear of physical danger. I don't know about that. I don't think so. I think up, the bar can, is pretty low. We can look, well, I don't mind the bar being low as long as the kids get home safe. I'm, I'm All right. about the kids. Okay. What are you pointing at, Blake? Oh, I thought you were pointing at something for us. No, I was talking to Nick. Uh, we have a speaker in here who's just, it's just, and I don't think he can hear it. So I thought I felt, <laughs> so, felt like I went crazy oh, for a second. So his ears don't work. Great. That's that's fantastic. It's probably he's all that loud high, music. He's got high blood pressure. Huh? And he's and munching on Lay's, so that's right. really going to help. So do we take the break or are we waiting you, for that thing to take over? Why are you eating chips with your high blood pressure? Didn't wow. we have a talk about this? Look at the sodium level okay, on so that. So you don't care about kids, but you care about guys in their mid twenties. I got to, you know, I need, I need fuel. Have some like granola or something. When Seems we terrible. come back, we'll talk also about salt. emergency alerts when it comes to tsunamis. Uh, the Indonesian tsunami warning system didn't work, and that points to potential problems here as well. That's coming up. If you just cut out chips, I bet you would see your blood pressure go down. If you just made that one move. What is chicken salad sandwich? Is that good for his blood pressure? Uh, Gary and Shannon will continue. I didn't finish the sandwich. All right, stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. All right, I was wrong. All right? Forget everything I said about the Amber Alerts. I'm just saying. I've heard from everybody okay. <laughs> in the greater Southern California area. And the AMBRAC specifies that 
it is not to be used in cases of disputed custody yeah. and that it is only when a child is in danger. I was wrong. And right. you should always follow Amber Alert. Stranger abductions are the most dangerous for kids. Yes. And they're the primary mission for Amber Alerts. But if law enforcement decides there could be a risk of serious bodily harm or even death, they will issue an Amber Alert. So how do I enable these on my phone? Too late now. Too late don't now? Yeah, they don't even want you now. They oh. don't even want people like you All to right. listen for Amber Alerts I didn't anymore. mean it. Uh, well, Are we done making amends? Well, I late? meant it when I nope. said it, but I didn't know all the rules, and now I know the rules, and you should absolutely take those seriously. Now and now we're do, now we're done. You do can, your penance. What is that? Ten Hail Marys. Go save yeah. a baby go save somewhere. Some Hail Marys down the hall. <laughs> we good. We good. Let's try this again. Gary and Shannon, on this Wednesday, October 3rd, were fully informed. I, I got it. You I, got it, Blake? I got it. And yep, I, I got it. I enabled my Amber Alerts. And we just turned on Amber Alerts for the first time for Shannon, so she can finally be a contributing member to society. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's super easy. In whatever phone you have, you just go into notifications, and it, down at the very bottom of, uh, of the list, it says, Government Alerts. It's got an Amber Alert and it's got Emergency Alert, and you can turn both of them on or both of them off. Although, even if you had both of them off, my understanding is that alert from the president would have come through. So, anyway, it's up. It's easy to take off. The long national nightmare is over. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be just fine. Well, all along our coast here in California, we have dozens of those deep-sea ocean sensors, speaking of alerts. This is really a first line of defense if there's a tsunami headed our way. When an earthquake strikes, the sensors are able to capture the ocean movement and that they give authorities the, the data, the information and the time to alert people to get the hell away from the coast. But the, the tsunami that hit Indonesia on Friday really does highlight a critical flaw in these tsunami warning systems. Yeah, because if you figure the way the earthquakes could hit here, if we had uh, an earthquake on land or, you know, the epicenter was on land, it could trigger an underwater avalanche in the Santa Monica Bay. And they're talking about that would produce a tsunami that could inundate some of the low-lying areas of Santa Monica, the South Bay towns along Manhattan Beach, Hermosa, Redondo, etc. Um, and if you heard uh, one of our stories that we've been doing on the news about this from this USC civil and environmental engineering professor and a tsunami expert, basically said what we saw in Indonesia could be repeated here, where, yeah. where you've only got minutes moments might seem like too small but but you might have minutes to evacuate before a tsunami comes yeah it's if it strikes too close to shore right so if you had one much farther out in the ocean which is still possible you've got time you've got several minutes or maybe even an hour or two depending on where it is and where it's coming from to evacuate that is perhaps the terrifying thing. They said they have evidence of a 20-foot-high tsunami generated several thousand years ago when there was a magnitude 7 earthquake that triggered an underwater landslide off of the PV Peninsula. Hey, look whose number I have in my phone. That's not his name, though. Well, it's shorthand. I, I, you have his first name, but not his last I have name. Dr. Costas Tsunami. 
instead in my of, contact. Instead of Dr. Costas Sinolakis. Right. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, you don't want to know why I have his number? I'm assuming you did a story about tsunamis at I one did. Point. That's so weird. It could have been a choose-your-own-adventure story so, there. <laughs> so weird. Now, the re- news reports about Friday's earthquake in Indonesia focused on the, the disrepair in the network of tsunami warning systems and sensors that are um, out off the coast of Indonesia that could have prevented or it could have at least given them several minutes of warning. They said that the Germans helped pay for this, but it never actually produced a working system of tsunami sensors. They were uh, wildly unprepared for this. Their system was in a very big state of disrepair there in Indonesia. I'm I'm struck by the fact that since 2004, remember that tsunami that uh, went through and killed so many thousands of people that there wasn't an immediate attempt along the California coast to provide a tsunami, a clear, effective, Here's the efficient problem. tsunami it, warning system. I remember here. covering that, and there were a number of agencies. That needed to be in the mix. And it just became kind of a bureaucracy of figuring out who's going to do what, who's going to pay for what, who's in charge. And that's why it took so long. Well, and this this is when we talk about this issue of earthquake warning, tsunami warning, it strikes me how out of touch people in Sacramento are, whether it's Sacramento, Salem uh, and and Olympia along, you know, the three states that border the Pacific Ocean, at least along the continental United States is how we can't agree on putting together an effective earthquake warning network where it's going to cost you not several billion dollars. Yeah. On the outside, it costs you $100 million, maybe $200 million, But you still are pushing this stupid high-speed rail plan that will save exactly zero lives in the event of a massive earthquake. Whereas an earthquake warning system could potentially save hundreds, if not thousands of lives for much cheaper. All right. Coming up next, it is a cold case Wednesday here. We've got a cold case to tell you about. Went unsolved for more than 30 years. May have some answers now up in Northern California about the murder of Virginia Vincent. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Technological question for you, Blake. No? Talking to you. Well, tell this is a show. We got a show to do. And this is the boss. Which boss? Oscar. Oh, Oscar's not, not a real boss. He's Come my on. boss. He's not your boss. No, he's not. No, he's not. Hey, quick technological <laughs> question. Did uh, did that emergency uh, alert blow up your TV too? Yeah, our TV's dead. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, our TVs did not come back. Our TVs yeah, ours look still like come back yet. One of them. Oscar, looks like you're it's, the boss. Fix this. Yeah, let's let's make something happen in here, would you? <laughs> um, anyway, so everybody's okay, right? I mean, we all got our alerts, and, and nobody drove off the road or anything as a result of it. I wonder if the newsroom televisions are down. Mm, that's a great question. Julie. Yeah, poke your head out there, Julie. See if you. Yeah, can Yeah, my TVs are down. Oh. Yours are too. Hmm. 
What are we going to do? The president that? broke our televisions. Not good. Is that what I'm I'm hearing here? Um, we are keeping an eye on the uh, the Kavanaugh stuff. One of the uh, issues is the president was accused of mocking Dr. Christine Blasey Ford in her, sorry, make mocking her testimony uh, from the Senate Judiciary Committee when last night in Mississippi uh, he said some things at a campaign rally. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders defended him today, said, listen, all he did was state the facts. So we'll actually play both of those, play what he said and then also – uh, what uh, what she said today at the White House press briefing. Also coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, we're going to tell you the story of a mom who got in trouble for sneaking uh, alcohol in her son's sippy cup into a theater. It prompted us to ask you the question, where have you snuck alcohol in? How did you do it to somewhere that maybe you shouldn't have or the rules say you shouldn't have? And we got one response from an amputee that is next level great. I love that one. Yeah. I was I'm so tempted. To, some of these are so great. I want to share them right now. Me too. Me too. But we'll do that a little bit later in the show. All right. We love these cold case stories. Kudos to the new brand of law enforcement with DNA technology. Virginia Vincent was found dead up in the Bay Area in Danville in her apartment. She was found by a neighbor. And this was in September of 1985. She was found uh, naked. Her hands had been tied behind her. A thin white belt was around her neck, a pair of stockings next to her. And they said that she had been strangled. Now, there was beer, a couple of beers there on the floor with her, liquor, and then a partially filled glass on the floor. And one of the things the family said was she didn't drink beer and she was an immaculate housekeeper. So this was strange. Add to that the fact that There was no sign of any forced entry. So they were running on the theory that maybe she knew the person who did this to her. They were unable, however, to identify a suspect at that time back in 1985. They did get some DNA from the scene. They put it into a database a few years later when, you know, DNA became a thing. And they still couldn't come up with a match. So last year, they go through some of their cold case files. And they ask the Bureau of Forensic Services to use DNA from that crime scene in a familial search. Familial search to identify a relative of the killer who may be in the system and then go through their whole life and see who, by age, by sex, by location, would be in the area and of the right age and sex to attack a woman, rape and kill her. So... What they did was, they haven't explained exactly the connection, but they said that they did use that familial search. They found a relative of the killer, and they eventually singled out a guy named Joey Lynn Ford as the guy who was responsible. Now, how did they identify him specifically and confirm that it was him? They dug up his body. Yeah, they went to the cemetery up there in Fairfield where he was buried, dug up his body, tested his DNA, and it was a hit. He died in 1997, just 36 years old. 1997, 36. So he was only 24 when he did the rape and murder. Yeah. Police are still exploring whether the two knew each other, believe they may have had prior interactions through their jobs. Yeah, she apparently was a real estate agent. Oh, that's, and, that's dangerous right there. And he was a plumber. So, I mean, when you're a real estate agent, you are doing the open houses. People are in and out and, you know. Well, and and if I know a lot of real estate agents who have a lot of connections, whether it's home repair, you know, small construction, that sort of thing, 
they'll have a lot of people that they'll call in the event that a house they're selling or even buying needs to have a couple of quick repairs done before they can put it on the market. So there's a chance that they knew each other at least through that sure. through that scenario. The FBI came in when the murder happened back in 1985 and came up with a, uh, a profile of the killer, a psychological profile. And um, they haven't said whether it fits perfectly in terms of what it is that they found with this uh, this Joey Lynn Ford guy, but that they were pretty sure that they knew each other, that the victim knew the attacker because of that lack of forced entry. They even at one point looked for a possible link to the serial killer Joseph Nasso, who was working in that area, and the Golden State Killer. But they they said that uh, that Virginia Vincent's murder didn't have anything to do with either one of those cases. Crazy. I think it's a race to use all of these DNA tools and the DNA ancestry sites and all of that before, I don't know, privacy experts go to court and they start limiting the scope of what investigators can do if they're successful. I'm going to tell my daughter, I mean, she's been interested in sort of the medical science world. Mm -hmm. This would be a fantastic thing to jump into. At least now while there's plenty of meat on the bone. I mean, while there's still a bunch of these cases. I think your daughter's more into cutting. Mean, I think she wants to be a surgeon. Oh, okay. You're telling me something I didn't know. All right. Um, went in for a vagina egg and came out with nothing. Quote of the day, right there. Inside the Goop store, the very new Goop store. What, were they out of the vagina eggs, or how did that work? I, I don't know. Well, or well, you realize once you go to grab it off the shelf, you're like, why am I grabbing that and you just walk out it's a real moment of clarity i think Very, for a lot of women yeah, there's a lot of gary and shannon kfi am Shannon. Have you heard about this? Is it Ian or Ian Zering? I've always heard it was Ian. All right. Ian Zering. Yes. Held a little bit of a press conference today. Oh, thank goodness, because I was wondering where he was. It was outside West Hollywood Elementary. And he was with a bunch of other parents there that are protesting a second grade bully. Ian Ziering says there's a student at his daughter's school, West Hollywood Elementary, that has a history of violence, and it's gotten so bad, he thinks it'll escalate to a massacre if the school district keeps protecting the kid. He says since kindergarten, this kid has gotten physical, threatened to kill, and even attempted to suffocate a classmate with a beanbag. The school year, he says, has already had two classroom evacuations, 10 students who have been attacked by this second grade bully. Wow. He says he and other parents have repeatedly asked the school board to step up, get the kid help, but nothing has been done. And so they're having a press conference about it to try to get try to get attention so that they do something about this kid. Wow. What if that's your kid? Yeah. <laughs> what if the cast of 90210 is calling out your child? For being a bad apple in this. And right. I don't mean bad apple in the way we normally mean it. I mean that he can't control himself and he's violent like that. Yeah, I don't know. You pick up and move, don't you? I can't imagine where. I oh, you get your kid some help. <laughs> hmm. 
or just get them out of there. All right, we go to the goop desk. Are you all right? Did you get a cold from the weather this morning? <laughs> yes, I get the sniffles in my tummy from the, from the fog. The goop desk is rolled out because a new goop store has opened across the pond in Notting Hill. You ever see that movie? Uh, Hugh Grant. Maybe. Is that the one where he says, I'm just a guy talking about a girl or something like that? I'm just a guy looking at a girl? Some line like that? Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I don't know if that's where it belongs. Got it. But it's a good line. If you say so. Well, shoppers are filing into the latest goop store across the pond. Isn't it sad that this is one of our exports as America? We're sending goop stores to other countries now. Sad. This makes me sad. And it makes me, whenever I go, I haven't yet to, to travel to London or to Europe or, or anywhere, really. Uh, I feel like I, the first thing I want to say when I get off the plane is, I am sorry for goop. I'm very sorry. Right. I mean, like Harley Davidson is an American brand you can right. get behind. Like, Absolutely. I'm proud of that product. Yes. I'm not proud of the vibrator necklace You're w- at the goop store. You are... You are welcome for Coca-Cola. You're welcome for McDonald's. Hell, you're even welcome for baseball. But we apologize so deeply for what's about to happen in this goop store on Quartz Hill. No, sorry, Notting Hill. It is stocked with rose quartz water bottles, chakra healing crystals. There's a $7,000 diamond ear cuff there that you can purchase. And a... $300 vibrator necklace. They have two floors of this store. The store is decked out, they say, in plush velvet. Mm. But it's got rustic details like they call them wood chip walls. That's OSB. That's that's oriented strand board. It's like the cheaper version of plywood. That is the one of the cheaper building materials that you can get. And now it's become chic. It's a, it's a touch of hipster pop-up because you used OSB? Yes. Oh, my God. Apparently, it was so packed that one woman who went in to the Goop store for one of those jade quartz eggs mm-hmm. designed to be used internally to increase sexual energy. Yes. They were out of them. I mean, they were fresh out of those jade quartz vagina eggs. Sorry, and, yeah. no uh, more she, eggs. And the, the woman was very disappointed and talked to reporters about... For disappointment. Can you believe Goop has been around for 10 years? No, and it's worth a ridiculous amount of money, $250 million. It wasn't too – the last time we talked about Goop was when they had to settle their lawsuit over those eggs, the the jade egg and the quartz egg. Right, because they were saying that it, it promotes good health, and that is not true. That is not true. You sound sad. <laughs> I just I don't understand people that buy into this that are going to spend seventy dollars on a quartz egg to be used internally. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. That's actually a sign of of mental instability if you're going to buy that. By the way, but you know what? Rich people do crazy stuff with their money. They're it, always looking for new places to put their money, and if it's in quartz eggs, fine. But uh, I just don't understand. There's a there's a watercraft they're selling for $125. A watercraft. A watercraft. Uh, uh, sheets for $300. That's, that's not that bad. That's, that's not that bad. No, that's, that's not. I mean, Everybody's... I would spend some real money on sheets. I enjoy good sheets. 
I think everybody likes a good uh, sheet. Yeah. I mean, in terms of. But Target makes a great sheet. If you're going to lay in it, you want it to You know be, what I mean? Right. Uh, there's a wall light there for $725. Does it? I can't imagine what it would do. It promotes be, sexual energy. Stop it. No, they do have crystal imbued water to give you some positive energy, though, which I think would be important if you were not. What are you drinking? Smart, what is Im- what's imbuing? Smart water. It's got it in it. It puts it in it. Like they mix it. They bi- they put it in it. They imbue it. <gasps> do we need a dictionary segment on the show as well? I'm sorry if we're going to use the word imbue, maybe. Oh, okay. Well. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Word. Crystal imbued water bottles give you give your drinking water positive energy, so it, it's like Shannon's smart water. You don't refill those bottles either. That's that's, no. that's straight from the smart. Yeah, I I do have a little bit of a smart water addiction. That's as ridiculous as I. I was say. just going to say that's almost as stupid. ridiculous as I know, this though. I, know. I like the elect- I like the electrolytes. I just don't you, like tap water. I tried the Brita situation. It's not for me. So I, I do. Water, I sound like a goop person right now. What water do you drink? That's, all, that's, the, that's it? That's the only thing you drink? Yeah. You have cases of it at home? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not. What's that like? I just drink tap water. Well, apparently someone. Foo-foo. I'll bring you a smart water yeah. tomorrow. Foo-foo over here. Gee whiz. Foo-foo. Yeah. <laughs> cases of smart water? Yeah. That's foo-foo. My goodness. Come on. Well, I'm sorry. What, did I'm you ever drink gonna... out of the hose when you were a kid? Do they help you with Sudoku? Mm, no. I'm not. I'm a crossword person. Oh, does yeah. it help with that? Wow. What? You're a crossword person? Yeah, there's two types of people. There's uh-huh. a Sudoku person and there's right. a crossword person. Right. There's Sudoku people and people who can't do that. Say it or do it. You know what? Either I, one. I don't need to be here. I don't need to be here. Why don't you take a smart water with you? Yeah. Nobody wants that smart water in here. Take your electrolyte laden water. The the electrolyte it's imbued, imbued with electrolytes. water. Yeah. All Got of our it. trending stories when we come back. I'll start cooling out my hair. I'm on a cover myself with the ashes of you. And nobody is gonna give a damn. Son of a bitch! Shannon, it's Wednesday. It is uh, October 3rd. It's Mean Girls Day and Wednesday. And Wednesday. We uh, we on at 1.30 are going to give you an update on that story out of Colorado. If you remember Chris Watts accused of killing his wife, Shanann, and their two daughters, the autopsy reports have been turned over. There may be a snag in all of this uh, in terms of the prosecution for murder. Republican senators expect to receive the results of that new FBI background investigation into Brett Kavanaugh as soon as this afternoon. Senator John Cornyn saying he hopes we'll see it soon, perhaps as early as today. Bob Corker cautioning that the timing's not certain, could be pushed to tomorrow. But the latest is, is they have not yet interviewed Christine Ford. Yeah, that the, was the headline the, I saw today. I'm the doctor sure. who testified before the Senate committee that, that he sexually assaulted us, what this is all about. A uh, story we'll get to in Swamp Watch as well is a U.N. court order that lifted U.S. sanctions on Iran. The Trump administration says it's ending a treaty that had affirmed friendly relations between the two countries, which seems crazy considering how what sort of a relationship we've had with Iran for the last 30 years. But uh, it was largely symbolic. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the fallout 
from this U.S. decision to withdraw from that treaty is still to be seen. But we'll hear from some comments from him coming up in uh, Swamp Watch. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. We have preparations underway for possible mud flows in the recent burn areas in Lake Elsinore. Oh, you're not even going to... Did you write this? You're not even going to... You wrote this? You wrote this story, didn't you? Voluntary evacuation warnings were issued this afternoon for neighborhoods in Lake Elsinore and the Temescal Valley. You don't just get to make it El Nino all of a sudden because there were clouds in the sky this morning. Well, it was wet this morning. Okay, it was not, and it won't be. It's not going to be. So you you think that we're not going to get the rain at all? If you live in Ventura or Santa Barbara or something like that, even Oxnard, you're going to probably get some more rain. But, uh, Blake, you came in from that side that Shannon came in from today. Did you I did. turn your, your windshield wipers on today? I did for uh, for but a second. But a second. Yes. But a second, he said. There was a, a grip or two of raindrops that hit me in the Pasadena. Now you're using words just because you, you didn't understand what imbued meant. You now said it was just... dictionary day. Okay. Here's what so, I don't understand. Yeah. We get weather... A handful of days a year. Right. How do they screw this up? Again, I think it's like you. I think they're hopeful. I think they're hopeful that we're going to see a lot of rain. I mean, it would have been nice. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been wonderful. It would have been great to drive in traffic this morning with rain pouring all around us. See, what I did is I hit the snooze four times this morning and uh, left from, from the house much later than usual because I was going to blame it all on the weather. So when it did not materialize, I showed up and just looked late and lazy. Every time the alarm went off, you opened your eyes and you said, I hope I'm in Renton. And you opened and you're not. You I was not in Renton. You were not in Renton. I was not even in Snoqualmie. Oh, poor guy. I was not in Puyallup. <laughs> say it again. Puyallup. You had to say it slowly, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there are going to be any mud flows because there's not enough rain. So uh, prepare for preparation is never a bad thing. But uh, anyway, Uh, one of the other trending stories is the ricin story that we talked about yesterday. There may be a former sailor behind this plot to send suspicious substances all around uh, to some some leaders. They sent them to a couple guys, one of whom is Defense Secretary James Mad Dog Mattis. If, If the guy's got a nickname of Mad Dog and is on the record saying things like, be polite, be professional, but be prepared to kill everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. I'd just say it's probably a bad idea to send him ricin. Well, so they were addressed to either Mattis or the chief of naval operations, Admiral John Richardson, and they contained a return address that apparently linked them to this uh, former Navy guy. And they haven't disclosed a – I did hear a name earlier today. It's not worth using because I don't think it's necessary because we don't know exactly if he's connected or if this was a – a way to throw somebody off of the trail, but but this could have been very dangerous if it does turn out to have been ricin. Well, starting next Monday, restaurants in Austin, Texas, have to come up with alternatives to throwing out food. The city hopes that restaurants will donate the extra food to those in need. Uh, could also give it to local farms or compost it, but this is all part of the Universal Recycling Ordinance. The city of Austin has a zero waste by 2040 goal. So what do you do if you're a restaurant at the end of the day? You just you have one of your people take the food and then go distribute it. Uh, Well, then the city's going to have to come up with a plan for 
that for the distribution. Yeah, the city's going to have to figure out uh, who's going to go pick up the the food from the restaurants, and then go and, and there distribute are some it. Fantastic places in Austin to go get leftover food. Yeah, so you're thinking maybe you'll show up at the end of the evening at the back door, right? And just say yes, you, I would like guys, that filet mignon. I know you can't throw that away. That's what the homeless guys did where I used to work. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they knew it closed at 7, so they'd show up at about 6.30 and just sit on the back porch and just wait for us to bring the trash well, up. Well, and I want – you wouldn't at least put it on a piece of bread for them? No, something? we did. We, oh, okay. we, we, the stuff we didn't sell, we just started not throwing that in the trash and we just hand them that. See, now that makes sense. If a, if a restaurant or a group of restaurants wants to decide to do that, that makes more sense to me than the government telling them they have to do that. Because, hey, what a great PR for uh, PR move that is. For you to also say, hey, whatever you don't buy and we overproduce or we overbuy, we're going to make sure that it doesn't go to waste. That keeps your prices down, keeps our prices down. It feeds that guy. Well, we may have found the worst maid ever. This is a woman in Brooklyn. She was expected to go to this apartment and clean it. Instead, the maids, oh, it's more than one person, two ladies. The maids trashed the apartment ate the woman's ice cream, oh boy. guzzled her booze. Okay. One of them even passed out drunk on the kitchen floor. Unclear if she just went to sleep or she passed out. I don't know if I have a traumatic experience in my childhood with ice cream, but for some reason, if I if I scoop out a couple of scoops of ice cream and I'm sitting there eating it, that's one way to get yourself uh, smacked with a spoon is by dipping your spoon into my ice cream. I don't care if you take a sip of my beer, have a sip of my wine, whatever it is. But for some reason, ice cream is a very territorial thing. These people would be in big trouble. Just for that part? Just for the ice cream stuff. I mean, you t- and then you tap on top of that, you put the booze in there that they've been drinking my booze, too. But the ice cream thing, for some reason. Uh, I don't know Nick, what that means. Nick, write that down uh, in, in the Gary Fun Fact file. Don't share ice cream. Don't. I, so not, say you and your wife no, go out and you get some nope. gelato. Different. All right. Different. And and she takes her spoon. She's She's got uh, chocolate and you have, um, I don't know, not chocolate. Pistachio. Perfect. Oh, which I, I couldn't never come get, up with okay, one other flavor. <laughs> God. Be horrible at that okay, game. Okay. So uh, she takes her, her spoon. She dips it in her chocolate. She takes a bite and then she says, oh, that pistachio looks good. And so then does she... Zero problem with that. Oh, all right. I don't know if it's the labor that's involved with me getting the ice cream and putting it in the bowl. There's something there. Oh, There's so if you're at there. home yes, that's and what she I mean. does that... That's what I mean, if it's at home. Interesting. And I went, through the pro- I went through the trouble of getting the ice cream, putting it in my bowl and eating it. You don't get to eat it. Huh. What do you say in this situation? Yeah. Or do you say anything? Is it a glare or it's is it a like glare. a woman? Smack words, hand? words would not fit. You say... Words would be too small so like a to puppy express slap? my anger. You should at that just point. eat it straight out of the tub. Yeah, that's what I've I do. Done that. Go I've for the tub. Yeah. I, I don't mess around with bowls. Do you write your name on the tub? Yeah. E- no. <laughs> Gary's tub, and just for you. I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, oh, gosh, asking God. him to love her. Is that a thing? That's the actual Julia Roberts. I'm also just a girl uh. standing in front of a boy, asking. Love. <laughs> no, it doesn't do anything to you. Zero. Wow. I've never seen that movie. That's a good line, though. It is no, a good line. Not. Yes, it is, Gary. What film is that from again? It's delivered in a bookstore. That Feel should feelings. be even worse. Feel feelings, Gary. I love bookstores. 
doesn't want to share his ice cream. See, that's what happens when you don't use your feelings. Yeah. You don't, you know, you you don't feel them. They don't have purposes. I don't. You end up freaking out cream. over ice cream, uh, which he eats because he's eating his feelings. Right. Do you, what kind? Do you just like eat plain vanilla? Like no. A creepy weirdo. No. Nope. Just sitting there. Nope. Don't touch my vanilla. Okay, so no vanilla, no pistachio. What do you eat? Uh, I give away $1,000 is what I do. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Got to answer that phone if they call you. It might even be from a number you don't recognize, but that's how they're going to tell you you win. And if you don't win this hour, next hour, sometime between, say, 5 after and 20 after, Another chance to win $1,000. People are sending us pictures of blue skies in the burn areas. <laughs> yeah. See, I told you, you're the one who wrote that story. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. You're gone and I gotta stay high all the time to keep you off my mind. Ooh, 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 high all the time to keep you off my mind. We have a lot to get to at Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour, including the president uh, and the criticism that he's been getting for his uh, campaign rally last night, his his, uh, comments about Dr. Christine Ford's testimony. It was also the the, uh, riling up of the crowd, too. It's a weird way to rile up the crowd. Um, Also, the New York Times investigation that accuses the Trump family, not just specifically the president, but the family of going through a bunch of different tax schemes and fraud in order to increase their wealth. Um, an exhaustive, I think there's a 15,000-word uh, article that they put up yet late last night. So we'll talk about that. Atlanta is where this next transgression took place. Uh, Christina Gibson is wanted on misdemeanor reckless conduct and public intoxication. Because she filled her son's sippy cup with a strong alcoholic beverage, sneaked it into a local theater, and got drunk during a Friday afternoon movie. She was with her child. That's too bad. That's too bad. Let's just take the child out of it, shall we? <laughs> you think, and the kids today. I think yeah. I think that a lot of people have snuck alcohol into movie theaters. Yes. Yes. I remember the very first time I did that. Uh, was a very bad Eddie Murphy movie when he was running for Congress. Stand by, I'll find that movie. Well, uh, it, but that was in Chico, I remember. And it, the thing that was perhaps the worst about it was that we dropped the bottle and it rolled down the theater. Yes, that always happens. Like that always. <laughs> That's going to be the happens. worst. Never go with a no. Never go with a round bottle. Here are some of the responses we got from you when we asked, where have you and how have you snuck alcohol into a place where you shouldn't have done that according to the rules? Edward wrote to us on Twitter at Gary and Shannon, snuck a beer keg into a college football game under a baby inside the baby stroller. <laughs> I, too, have snuck alcohol into football games. Yeah, um, but that's- I never thought of using my bra, and a lot of you ladies are getting uh, me to think that way today because apparently bras are a very trendy place to sneak alcohol in. Hmm. What my girlfriend Katie did was she ordered those um, feminine products, shall we say, online, where they look like feminine products, but they're not. They're little flasks. 
and they unscrew and so you can pour whatever in there and you can put those in your your plastic clear bag or whatever. Let's see. Wendy said, I carry my alcohol in the carry-on travel shampoo conditioner containers that you can get at CVS. Clean them out and pour it in. (laughs) That's also a good way to get alcohol onto a flight because you've got your uh, little Ziploc bag there and they think it's shampoo, but it's not. It's vodka. That's great. Lisa wrote to us, my best friend filled a Ziploc bag with vodka, then snuck it down the front of, stuck it down the front of her jeans, making her flat belly look like, (laughs) can can I say that word on the air? Yeah. Okay. I already did. Well, then you say say it again. It made it look like a fupa. Let's see. uh, (laughs) You're going to have to. I'm not explaining that. Blake, do you know what fupa is? Gary, this is a dangerous, you know how like you pulled me back from the Amber Alerts? Yeah. I'm pulling you back from this. No, it's not. I'm just asking if Blake knows what it is. I'm not going to point yep. to where it is. Point point to where it would be if you had one. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for saying I don't have. You're welcome. <laughs> what are you looking I at? I was going to see if you did. I, what? The? Um, wow. Let's How see. How dare you? How dare you? You're out of order. Uh, Ted wrote in and said, uh, my nephew stationed in Iraq. I sent bi-monthly dental hygiene packages to him. Toothpaste, toothbrush, floss, and a quart of Listerine. Except the Listerine was actually Bacardi 151. <laughs> he didn't drink it, but he would trade it for the beer. Here's one. Uh, Disneyland. I have kids. So we took a little ice chest with those mini water bottles that we emptied and filled with vodka and tonic. Oh, they decided to smart. check the ice, te- ice chest. They would see the little water bottles for the kids. Now, that's, a, that's Oscar's Coachella trick. What I love is that there's an entire market of things that look like, uh, or I should say, Alcohol holders that look like things. Right, like the feminine products. The feminine products. There's also purses. You could pour like three full bottles of wine into a purse that's got a little spigot on the side of it. A friend of ours used to work here who has since moved or gone to jail. We're not clear which one. Used to take just those binoculars that you could buy that that would unscrew and fill them with, with vodka in one side and whiskey in the other side. And then take them to the Hollywood Bowl. Was that Laura? No. Was it Hannah? No. Was it Jody? No. Why do you think it was a woman? That's funny. Did the person used to stand right here. Yes, get a little angry. Yep. Okay. Oh, Larry. No. Oh, that it although, could be. It could be anybody. I don't think that Larry used to was work afraid of, of taking. That's why I was liquids. thinking it wasn't him. No. Todd. No. That no. <laughs> doesn't matter. No All right. Uh, here's one. Let's go through like forty different names. <laughs> here's one. Christy. Uh, I smuggled two pouches of honey whiskey in my bra at a Ooh. rave in Vegas. Honey whiskey. At a rave in Vegas. I love this. I made it through security the first and second day, but got caught the third day. I guess my lumpy boobs gave it away. (laughs) Here's another one. Uh, Vernicia. I stuffed my bra with individual packets of alcohol when I was on a cruise ship. I smuggled alcohol into a cruise ship using my nephew's luggage, and he was five at the time. I guess that's true. I never thought about that, about it being really expensive, right? Yeah. Is that why? Yes. Uh, let's because see. you could buy it in the in the duty free shop or whatever it is there on the boat, but you can't drink it until you get home. Jen is opening my eyes here. She says I've snuck alcohol into the Rose Bowl using wine rack, which is a flask built into a bra. Googling. Yeah, Google that. What let's is it see here. Wine rack. One of my favorites is the amputee story. Here it is, James. I'm an amputee. I'm at a club with friends that have table service. We had three-fourths a bottle of vodka left at the end of the night. Slipped that bottle into where my leg would be. Hi, everybody. Beanmeister22 here. Hey, today we're going to look. He's giving us an ad for the the 
the <laughs> the wine rack. <laughs> How does that work? It fits it. There's a she's wearing a sports bra, I guess, and then there's the two pouches that your liquid flows into there. Okay. And you're just gonna tuck it up into the uh into the uh areas. It's like where the padding would be. Right. You have yeah. liquid padding. Yeah. Instead of those uh, little chicken cutlets things, you could just wear that stuff. Those little chicken cutlets things. That was pretty Listen, accurate description. Thank you. Okay. See, and then How you just it, put it. Oh, and so then she you could, tucks it in. Yeah, and then there's a hose so that you I can guess attach. A sports to bra would be what you did. We'll you do more of this bra. a little bit later. What are the craziest places that you've that, snuck in alcohol, or the craziest way? Oh, the that straw. You snuck so that piping, you yeah. just tuck that in, and then you take a little yep. sips yep. from your bra. Absolutely. Guys, Christmas is coming. Swamp Watch. When we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Shannon, a couple of uh, stories we're keeping our eyes on. The Air Force is telling you, especially if you are traveling up through the uh, Central Coast at all, watch out for some unusual things and uh, sounds this weekend, sights and sounds. SpaceX is going to try to return its rocket to a launch site on the West Coast. Falcon 9 rocket scheduled to launch from uh, Vandenberg at about 7 o'clock Saturday evening, and then the first stage would fly back to Vandenberg and set down... Uh, on the uh, landing zone there on the base, and that would, they're expecting, would probably produce a couple, maybe two sonic booms. So that would be quite an interesting night and quite a sight, actually. A couple other stories that we're keeping our eyes on include that the death toll in that Indonesian earthquake and tsunami is now up over 1,400 as they're getting finally some heavy equipment into areas that they need simply to, to go through and try to find bodies. They were saying that it's it wasn't even necessarily the tsunami that caused a, a lot of the destruction. It was that the ground moved so violently and liquefied in some areas that it was the earth that was rolling through towns, not water. So keep an eye on that. 12.30 means we dive into all things Washington. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Do you got um, lemur hair on you I, or something? I, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Thank you. Uh, it looks like uh, three Republican senators who are crucial to the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court have gone on record criticizing the president for mocking Christine Ford's account of what happened to her at that rally in Mississippi. I had one beer. Well... You think it was... Nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. In separate interviews, it looks like Senators Jeff Flake, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski... All considered swing votes took issue with the comments the president made. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I don't think he was. I think that he he gets into this 
different mentality when he's got all those people cheering him on. It's like this I can do no wrong mentality and you're egged on by all the excitement and all the people that are there that love you. And he he should have stayed the hell away from this to go after an account of a woman who clearly to all of us, who knows if it was Kavanaugh, they do. I don't. But clearly the woman was assaulted in some way at some point, And it has screwed her up from time to time in her life since then, 36 years ago. Why you'd go after a woman like that in this climate of 2018, there's no upside to it. There's no, there's none. I mean, sure, it, it's it's throwing red meat to a percentage of your base, but what are you going to get for that? What, what what return do you get from that? Th- those are people already voting for Republicans in the midterms. Yeah. You, what you should be doing is courting the Jeff Flakes, or the Susan Collins, the Lisa Murkowski's of the country. Well, and what's interesting is they're, they're um, firing back at the president today hasn't said anything about their support for Kavanaugh. Jeff Flake said on NBC's Today show, there's no time and place for remarks like that. To discuss something this sensitive at a political rally is just not right. It's just not right. I wish he hadn't done it. It's kind of appalling. It is. It doesn't. But that doesn't say anything about his attitude towards towards Judge Kavanaugh. He's just blasting the president. The um, this did come up in the White House press briefing today. And it came up a couple of times. One of them I wanted to play was a reporter who was saying to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, listen, you know, on the one hand, the president described Dr. Ford as credible um, and referred in mostly positive terms about this woman saying, you know, she needs to be listened to, et cetera. But then came out with this crazy and idiotic attack from last night at this campaign rally. What do you get out of that? Is that to to help Kavanaugh's nomination? Is this to rally the base? Is this going to help with the midterm? Like, what, what's the point in doing that? OK. Now, that's the question, right? What what does the president what's the president's motivation for doing that? And like you said, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a motivation for doing that. He just knows that he's going to it's an applause line. He knows that that's, you know, to use this this hack political term that we've heard so much. That's red meat to the base. He knows that that's what he's going to get. And what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said was that that he's just reiterating the facts. Again, I, I dispute that it wasn't anything other than the president stating facts. In fact, facts that were laid out in uh, the prosecutor's memo that she put forward to the Senate. Each of the things that he called out were things that were laid out in that memo. It's just it's so unnecessary. It's so absolutely unnecessary in this uh in this situation, there's so many other ways you could support your nominee than to go after this woman. The FBI report in that um, in that vein, the FBI report they said could be done by today. Although the latest report was that they hadn't, the FBI agents have not talked to uh, Dr. Ford yet. We couldn't wait and see. Here's the thing that I found absolutely stunning today. There's a statement from Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey, about this issue and about what he's going to decide one way or the other on Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, spoiler alert, he's going to vote no. Wait, he's trying to appear to be still thinking about this? I don't know. He, he said no before the president announced a name. Right. I mean, this is Cory Booker's thing, and this is his, one of the things that he's going to try to build his presidential platform on is, I stood against everything Donald Trump stood for. This is the way it's going to go. Now, this was Cory Booker's comment about specifically the issues they're looking at in the Senate about whether or not to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. And then ultimately, not whether he's innocent or guilty, this is not a trial, but ultimately 
has enough questions be raised that we should not move on to another candidate. Okay. I'm going to play that just the beginning of that again, because I think that's the important part here. And then ultimately, not whether he's innocent or guilty, this is not a trial, but ultimately, has enough questions be raised. You realize what he's doing? All he's saying is, if you can raise questions about someone, that's enough to scuttle a nomination. If you can raise questions about someone, if you can... It's a dangerous precedent for both sides. They have better be careful what they're getting. I mean, they're wishing for something here, and they better be careful that they're going to get it. Republican lawmakers coming out of a closed-door lunch said if the FBI report arrived later today, that Mitch McConnell would trigger a process that could lead to a initial vote Friday and then a confirmation roll call over the weekend. In the meantime, senators and a small number of top aides are going to be allowed to read the papers from the FBI in a secure room in the Capitol complex. Top aides? Yeah. Why? Why not just limit it to 100 senators? Because the senators can't wipe their bottoms without their top aides. That's too bad. I would hate to have that job. Well, it's nice to be thankful. Want to take a break? Yes, please. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. Uh, Chuck Grassley needs to make a doo-doo. Oh, boy. Gary and Shannon. Oh, look. Kamala Harris hated the president's speech last night as well. Of course. CNN is holding that as, uh, posting that as breaking news. Yeah. Kamala Harris did not like Shocker. Uh, all right. Uh, we are in the middle of Swamp Watch talking about what's been going on in Washington, D.C. The only real update about that um, uh, ricin story is that they believe that there's a person connected to sending rice and potentially to the president, to the secretary of defense and to the chief of naval operations may have been a former Navy guy, as a matter of fact. So that's where that investigation is. One of Christine Ford's friends who was mentioned in the testimony last Thursday says she was blindsided when her name suddenly was everywhere on Thursday. This was Christine Ford's high school friend, Leland Kaiser. And she says she was completely blindsided and left reeling when she was named as a corroborating witness. Yeah, I, uh, how would you like to be dragged into that? I mean, if you had friends that at college, you were like, well, Shannon can totally attest she was there and she saw I never took my top off or whatever the allegation happens to be. Yeah. And you go, wait, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I don't remember what you're talking about. I was a blackout drunk during those days. A uh, family member. Uh, of, I'm just, and I'm not saying you were. <laughs> no, I'm just I know. Saying it was a hypothetical, was, right, hypothetical. And somebody's top came off. And again, not that I wasn't even necessarily saying <laughs> you, Shannon. I just, uh, I know a lot of people named Okay, my top that. has never come off. I didn't for say the it record. was you again. I'm just saying. Uh, a family member close to Leland Kaiser was speaking to Daily Mail TV. So take from this what you will. <laughs> when uh, they, do not talk to them when they come to your door, right. please. Please do not, yeah. Uh, She says, Christine didn't give her so much as a heads up. As far as I know, they haven't really spoken for several years. They're certainly not close anymore. Said the first thing she knew about it was when she woke up on Thursday morning and her name was everywhere. It was crazy. 
She did. Uh, so she's one of, I believe, six people that we know have been questioned in the FBI investigation into the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, Leland, Leland Kaiser. And she has, you know, she has denied that she had any memory of the event that Dr. Ford described, but was credited with or um, uh, said that she had sent a text message saying that she believed Dr. Ford. But she didn't remember what was going on. Uh, Ski or Squee, sorry, Squee Garrett, a guy named Chris Garrett, was named as uh, someone named by Ford as someone that uh, she was dating in the summer of 1982 on the list of attendees at a Brewski's party. Kavanaugh friend PJ Smith. She said, Dr. Ford said that he was at a party downstairs while she was sexually assaulted upstairs. He has said before he didn't remember any event like that. Timmy Gaudette, if you remember the testimony, kept referring to Timmy having skis at Timmy's. Oh, yeah. Brews at, uh, at Tim, Tim Gaudette's house. His attorney confirmed an interview. Mark Judge, of course, his attorney said the interview was spread over Monday and Tuesday. And Debbie Ramirez, she was the woman who accused uh, Judge Kavanaugh of uh, pulling out his junk while they were at a party in at Yale together. She supposedly, according to her attorneys, gave a list of 20 potential witnesses to the uh, to the FBI. But the, the only ones we know of are those whose attorneys have confirmed that they did talk with the FBI. By the way, got one of those. Uh, and this is only going to get worse. Still have a home phone. Call me old-fashioned. But my parents don't know how to use a cell phone. So that's why I have it. They, um, we get probably two or three calls a day at least from research companies. People want to take polls about what's going on. And every once in a while, depending on who it is, I will answer the phone. I'll ask, how long is this going to take? And if they say, you know, five or ten minutes, and I got five or ten minutes to kill, what the heck? I want to know what questions are being asked in these polls. And more importantly, I want to know where they're where they're calling from. Like, are you calling from Ontario or are you calling from Ontario, yeah. Like, which? Uh, right. Who are you, and and how much investment do you have? One of the telltale signs was when the guy was asking about the race for Senate. Are you planning on voting for Senator Deanne Feinstein or <laughs> uh, or Kevin Dullian? Right. And I'll, I'll whatever answer I give, or I'll say none of the above, or whatever. And then at the end of it, I go, "Hey, Chris. By the way, thanks for your time. Thanks for your poll questions." Oh, thanks. Uh, nobody says that. No. Hey, where are you right now, by the way? Oh, I'm at work. No, no. I mean, where are you? <laughs> where are you? I liked I liked your voice. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. Okay. He says, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I said, hey, just in the future, if you're calling people from California, it's Diane Feinstein and Kevin DeLeon. Otherwise... Once you get to that point and they know you're not from California, they're going to hang up. Does it on you. matter if they mess up the names? Well, I suppose not, but at least. Furthermore, they, yes. We need to get you into a, a tighter schedule. If you're taking these polling calls, <laughs> my, taking my the wife, time to say thank you. My wife hates it. Yeah. Hates it. I can see why. Hmm. Maybe a new hobby. Maybe you pick up another high school volleyball it's announcing gig. Gang up on me or something. Jeez. That was my takeaway. Okay. We're still taking your stories, by the way, of the craziest places you've snuck alcohol into or the craziest way you've snuck alcohol into that place. 
We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we come back. The non-story of the week. Oh, man. New York Times wasted a lot of ink on this one. How Donald Trump got $413 million from his incredibly rich father. Rich people cheat on their taxes? What in the world? Stop the presses! Shannon, it's Wednesday. It is October 3rd. Yes, it is raining in some areas. And yes, there is some concern in those areas that freshly burn that we might see some debris flows. I don't think we're going to have enough rain. Thank we God. Not, we are not going to have enough rain. I mean, rain is good, but not for people in those areas. Nobody needs a debris flow. We've spent a large part of time talking about Dr. Ford and... Uh, I do have some Westworld news for about the other Dr. Ford. Kind of. That Anthony Hopkins will not be back for season three? No. There was a company in... Are you saying no or are you saying no? Uh, that's or not that's the news. that's not the news. Got it. Okay. okay. There is a company in Canada that got some bad news today. This company wanted to open up a business in Houston. A robot brothel, to be exact. <sighs> They wanted to open a Love Dolls brothel okay. in Houston where people could use its human-like dolls. Yes. Like in Westworld. Right. Mm-hmm. But today the Houston City Council has put the kibosh on this. Uh, they've uh, updated a local ordinance to specifically ban people from having sex with anthropomorphic devices. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You were just very carefully and slowly saying anthropomorphic. I had one beer. Just one beer. That's it. Well, oh, that's it? Yeah. I thought, was, I thought you meant really Westworld stuff. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, the bottom of this hour, by the way, we're going to get into the uh, the latest story out of uh, the Chris Watts murder investigation. He's the guy accused of killing his wife and daughters and then hiding their bodies in oil tanks and then... Standing on his front porch and talking about how sad he was that they were gone and he just misses the day. He hears their voices calling. Uh, he's charged with their murders. But the the autopsy report could potentially cause some problems for the prosecution. We'll explain. You remember Leona Helmsley? Oh, we sure. Sure. Queen of mean, yeah. big businesswoman, New York. She once said, only the little people pay taxes. <laughs> And I think that kind of sums up the attitude of the super rich, the people who have F and U money, the people who can hire the team of accountants to hide their money, move their money, and pay the least amount of taxes possible. Right. Yeah. In fact, um, I, I think it's – there's a hard thing to wrap your head around when it comes to paying taxes. And that is that all of us do everything we can to avoid paying more taxes than we must, right? Right. And hopefully the vast majority of us do that in a legal manner. But there are plenty of legal ways for you to reduce a tax burden. And the Trump family looks like they took advantage of every single one of those. Uh, New York Times published an exhaustive story on 
President Trump's finances based on documents never made public before, including tax returns from his father, Fred. And they show that, well, I guess the big thing is that Trump has been lying for years about the amount of money that his father gave him to get started on his own real estate empire. He's been saying for as long as he's been uh, towing the line that it's it was a million-dollar loan that his father gave him, and that's what he started with. Basically nothing in, in the world of New York real estate, right? But it turns out the father gave him upwards of $418 million through through the years. These documents also show that the the siblings set up Trump and his siblings would set up sham corporations to disguise millions of dollars in gifts from their parents and that uh President Trump helped his father take uh phony tax deductions worth millions more. He helps formulate a strategy to undervalue his parents' real estate holdings and then sharp, so sharply reducing the tax bill and then going ahead and and selling them. But you know what? And this is all shady stuff, but it's shady stuff that is done all the time. And rarely it do, do the IRS people catch you. Right. Well, and one of the things that has come out since the New York Times posted this article last night is that the New York State Tax Department told the AP that they are going through and reviewing the allegations in the Times and, quote, vigorously pursuing all appropriate avenues of investigation. If you're what the, kind of idiots work in the well, New York State he, Tax Department? I, I'm wondering how corrupt it is. If it's connected, if Possibly. there's mob money, Possibly. because um, if 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 I work for the New York State Tax Department and I know of the Trump family, that might be somebody that I look into a little bit extra. But it wouldn't even and, – and just to remove the name from it, because I think there's a lot of weight that goes with that. If you know that there's a family where a guy can set aside – uh, you know, four hundred and thirteen million dollars for a for a son, or if if you uh, believe that maybe two hundred fifty thousand dollar allowance every year for a three year old is a little excessive, yeah, maybe there's something hinky going on there. But if there's no reason for you in the New York State Tax Department to investigate this in the seventies, eighties, and nineties when it was supposedly all taking place, why does the New York Times uncover something that you didn't uncover? You're the State Tax Department. What kind of bumblehead idiots do you have working for you if you wait for the New York Times to uncover something like this? They said, speaking of that allowance, that the president was earning $200,000 a year by the age of three. 200000 a year in today's money by the age of three years old. Because you know what? If I own a hundreds of millions of dollars real estate company, then I'm going to find a way to make sure that my kids do get money as well and they're not taxed when I kick the bucket. I, this is a weird thing to me that the New York Times is hanging this on their mantle uh, in an attempt to get a Pulitzer Prize, but there's nothing exciting. There's no there, there. This, And by the way, the assumption I saw or the assumption I had yesterday when I saw the headline without reading the story was – Oh, they finally got some of his tax returns. Right. They didn't get any of his tax. These are all dads. These are all hundreds of pages of things that have nothing to do with Donald Trump. They're all family stuff that's away from him and that's separated from him. And, and there's no prosecution here. Statute of limitations on these tax crimes is like five years max, I think. And and you know what? Some people uh, in uh, finance circles, in in wealth circles are applauding this and saying, wow, this is this is clever. Or, 
what what about this is news? We've been doing this for generations. Yeah, I mean, if you look back, of course the Trumps cheat on their taxes. I think what they're saying is that they're trying to insinuate that the president, while candidate Trump, lied about yeah, I think, the loan from the father. I think that's so, the, the takeaway from it. Here's the thing. You start talking about getting a million-dollar loan from your father and turning that into a billion-dollar business, I don't believe any of it anyway. I mean, I, I don't believe that you knew it was a million dollars right. or $10 million. Because right. if, if you can say that, if that just rolls off your tongue, right. that you got a million-dollar loan from anybody, you're not, uh, you're not aware of the scale right. of that for everybody else. Totally. So it does. this was... This was 15,000 wasted words in my mind for, for, the, for the New York Times here. But, but hey, that's just me. Coming up next, ooh, I just got another sneaky alcohol story from Laura who says that uh, one of her friends was dying in the hospital and uh, she wanted a beer. And so Laura found a way to smuggle some beer into the hospital room. God bless you. God bless you. No, I mean her. Oh, got it. doing that for her friend. I thought we were doing blessings. No, not for you. $1,000? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. They will, uh, if you win, they'll call you, but you got to answer that phone. Because if you don't answer, they'll give it to somebody who will answer. Your next chance to win is next hour, of course. Sometime between, say, 5 after and 20 after. And you got a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, right here on KFI. 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. Shannon, coming up at what? Uh, finish. Coming up at one thirty, we're going to get into the Chris Watts murder story. And that was the guy outside of Denver that killed his pregnant wife and their two little girls. Looks like there may be a problem with the prosecution of Chris Watts. Also, the media numbers are in for Thursday's testimony. And Nielsen says the audience for Kavanaugh's testimony was 35% higher than it was for Ford. Now, his his testimony was at 5 p.m., and hers was around yeah, lunchtime, so more people would be home, right? Um, speaking of that, there is some anticipation... Try it again. I like anticipation beer. Anticipation of uh, what's going to come out of the... Uh, I had one beer, okay, just so you know. Um, uh, out of what's going to be in the FBI investigation. I had one beer. And in this case, they're saying uh, sources have told both CNN and Fox News that it could be any moment that the FBI turns over their the results of their investigation. Supposedly, one copy would go to the White House before it was released on um, on Capitol Hill. Sources are also telling CNN that the FBI has not interviewed Brett Kavanaugh or... Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. Because agents have not been authorized by the White House to do so, according to Bloomberg. That doesn't make Bloomberg sense. says that the White House has referred the FBI to last week's testimony by Kavanaugh and Ford. So it's just the testimony. That makes no sense. 
I thought that the White House came out yesterday and said the FBI can do basically whatever the hell they want to do, interview anyone they want within reason. So who's in control? I mean, is the White House in control? Because the president yeah. said he will do whatever the Senate wants to do. If the Senate wanted to interview everybody and their brother and sister, he was fine with that. Or is it the White House counsel that is in control of it? Because the FBI would go out and interview everyone. Right. That's just a, that's just good investigation. I don't, I don't know what these White House limits are all about. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we have been talking about this woman out of uh, a Georgia who got busted for filling her son's sippy cup with a strong alcoholic beverage and sneaking into a local theater and getting, getting a little drunk while she was out with, with her child. I like beer. Now, the thing is, a lot of people sneak liquor into places they're probably not supposed to have it, or it's prohibitively expensive, so you don't want to buy it on the inside. And we ask you where it is that you have snuck alcohol into or the craziest way that you've done it. Justin actually tweeted, hey, you're going to have to you have to tell me this if this is true or not. You can bring tiny single shot bottles of booze on flights so long as they're sealed. I do. No, what? Put it in uh, the makeup bag or the um, the liquids bag. Yeah, but they need like shampoo, conditioner. They never take it out and look at it? No. Never thought of that. I mean, because that's what they're, they're going to serve you anyway. You get a whiskey and Coke, they give you Coke and a little thing of like Jack the, Daniels it, or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't think that they care. But they make, well, I don't know. That's weird. Um, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is TSA sees your liquids bag and says, uh, take that alcohol out of there. Alcohol out of there and you dump it out. Make it sound like it's no big deal. It don't. It isn't. Uh, Katie writes and says the lover lover wouldn't drink vodka out of test tubes from the tampon wrappers at the forum. Uh, so oh, six man in Manhattan Beach took a Gatorade, took a case of Gatorade, and replaced four ounces with vodka in all of the bottles. Put it back in the case without tearing the plastic, and you walk right in. That's a pretty good deal. Carrie writes, I had a 40-ounce hydro flask I fill up with whiskey and ginger ale for Disneyland trips and put it in my daughter's stroller. I love how the kids get used as the uh, the unwitting accomplices in these uh, smuggling stories. I just looked up the TSA rules. Travelers may carry as many 3.4-ounce bottles of liquid that fit comfortably in one quart-sized clear plastic zip-top bag. But it can be liquor. It can be liquor. I didn't. But they've got to be each one less than three and a half ounces. Right. And those are 1.7 ounces. Uh, Tara writes, I love you guys, but I am so not revealing the different containers that I carry my wine in because then you'll be revealing my top secret. And I feel like Tara should private message us what she does. (laughs) Here, I'll follow her so she can send us a message. There is a video, by the way, when I was looking up that uh, the wine wine rack, the the bra that substitutes as a a wine container. There was another video that showed up on YouTube that was from Cosmopolitan magazine that said, this woman is carrying three bottles of wine right now. (laughs) And she's just standing there like in a T-shirt with a scarf on. And you're supposed to guess where all the wine is. We are honestly in a place right now where this kind of behavior with with wine is like cheered on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm wondering when the pendulum's going to swing the other way. Like, where are you going that you need three bottles of wine on your person? You know, uh, unless you're unless you're you know going to a party of ten people or something, or or, or four people. Norma says Seven <laughs> Eleven big gulps are so innocent looking. I can walk into any place with a concoction of my choice. Absolute Coke, you're welcome. So that was. I've, bunch of drunkards. I, you, in and out cups, the same thing. There's a, there's a certain amount of respect, I think, that an in and out cup will get you, no matter where you are. Or you know what you could do is get those uh, coffee cups with the lids. You know, like a Starbucks cup. Oh, like a to go cup. Yeah, yeah, that'd work as well. Although, don't you think that affects the taste sometimes? Yes. It was not very convincing. Yes, no, I do. I do. You're like, like especially wants, if it's champagne. Who cares what it tastes like? What are you putting? Don't put champagne in a cup like that. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, good. You would never do that, right? No. All right, when we come back, the update on the Chris Watts case out of Colorado. Gary and Shanna will continue. Shannon. Oh, sorry. Gary and Shannon. It's Wednesday. It's October 3rd. Stories that we've been following, we expect to have a report from the FBI very soon about the uh, allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. But as we were saying, um, it appears that the FBI agents did not talk to Judge Kavanaugh or Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, but instead are going to be relying on their testimony before the Judiciary Committee for their version of the events that were being investigated. Copy One copy of the report is expected to go to the White House, the other to the Senate Judiciary Committee, where it will be shared with the other senators in a uh, secure environment, is what they're saying. Very odd news about the White House not letting... The FBI interview the two people in question, Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, and saying that uh, the FBI needs to use their testimony. Her lawyers say they'll turn over notes from her therapy sessions and any recordings of her taking a lie detector test to FBI if the Bureau agrees to interview her. Now they're making deals here? I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, the autopsy reports for Shanann Watts and her two daughters have been completed and... Handed over to the man charged with their murders. Yeah, a court document that was filed this week showed that the prosecution uh, has the autopsy reports of Shadan Bella, Celeste Watts, and they have provided that documentation to the defendant via the discovery process, which just means if one side gets evidence, they turn it over to the other side, so they're both working on a, a level playing field. The reports took almost two months to complete. Here is a, uh, a possibility that was brought up, though, on a couple of different reports of the autopsy report. Uh, we know that the, the report is going to remain in uh, a secret. It's going to be kept under seal at the request of the prosecution in this case. And there is some speculation that the reason prosecution wants that under, uh, under seal is because there may not be enough DNA evidence to secure a conviction in the murder of the girls. The bodies were not found until three days after their deaths. They were in a nearly full oil tank during the hottest month of the year. Here's the thing. They don't need DNA evidence to secure a conviction. No. It would be nice. It would be a slam dunk, it it appears. It would be very nice to have it. 
but it's not going to be a conviction based on DNA evidence. It's going to be probably more of a circumstantial case. Uh, the other thing is, what did they find in the home? Because those dogs, you know, found something in the home. Well, we could, we could hear them alerting when he was right. doing that interview. Right. Um, I wonder if this is one of those um, – I've heard this before. I've never really talked to a, a specific investigator about this, but that there's an added sort of a CSI attitude about convicting someone of a murder like this. That there would always be, you know, CSI always puts the pieces together and they always have the smoking gun, to use a term, evidence of DNA or of the trace something that the murderer left at the crime scene. And in this case, if the murder occurs within the home, the guy's DNA is all over the place. So it's not like it's they're going to see that and and deduce that he was in the home and committed this crime where he shouldn't have been. I wonder if that's just sort of a reaction to DNA evidence is considered that thing, which is going to be the slam dunk. But in this case, it doesn't they don't even need it necessarily. It's just it's a strange attitude, it seems, that has come out of, you know, people who investigate these types of things. DNA is not always necessary. Right. I think it makes for a good headline too. Uh, DNA, DNA evidence, not enough DNA evidence to secure a conviction. You know, that gets more clicks because you're like, what do you mean? How do you, how do you not convict that guy? And then when you think about it, it's like, well, of course they don't. It would just be on the DNA evidence alone kind of thing is what they. Now, the um, what I think is interesting as well is the defense was fighting against a prosecution demand for prints, fingerprints, palm prints, feet prints, footprints, I guess you call them now in America, um, based on the general nature of the pleading the uh, defendant can't make out the government's need for buckle. I don't know. Is that how you buckle? B-U-C-C-A-L? Buckle swabs, finger and palm prints, digital photographs. Said that they can't figure out why the prosecution would want those. So we're not going to turn them over right now. <laughs> well, and part of it, wouldn't part of that be his the booking process? They're going to get yeah. at least fingerprints from him for that? He has been sitting in that jail for more than a month. He's cut off from most of the media coverage. Uh, there was a source who speaks with him that talked to People magazine, saying that he spends 23 hours a day in his cell under close watch protocol, technical name for suicide watch. He has no TV, no reading material. Once a day, he goes to the common room, whereas he's alone. There's a communal newspaper that he is free to read. He occasionally speaks with guards and can speak with other prisoners. And the source says he's very frustrated. He didn't know that everyone knows about this case. Interesting thing in America. <laughs> when, you, when you kill your you pregnant kill your wife, wife and, and daughters. Yeah, that'll, uh, that tends to rise above the fold in a lot of places. He says that he feels the public doesn't know the full story. He feels like no one understands him. Nobody knows what happened. If... He thinks if they did understand, they'd realize he's not a monster. Everyone says he is. Of course, he says that it was Shanann who killed the daughters, and he noticed it, saw their lifeless bodies on the baby monitor, and flew at Shanann in a fit of rage and strangled and killed her. Well, then to go back to the original DNA thing, maybe that's what they're looking for, or or they want to be able to exclude her from having put her hands on the necks of those little girls. They wanted to exclude her from being the one 
that had anything to do with their deaths. And if they can do that, that's not that they need to find his, but they need to exclude hers. Because then that clearly shows that he did it as opposed to her strangling the kids and him interrupting her. Right. Ridiculous. All right. We come back. Some uh, the, A lot of sports stuff to go uh, quick quickly go over before we wrap up our show today. Huh. 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 Did you stay up? I and, did. Yeah. I was trying. I was so ready to do other stuff, too. I wanted to watch another TV show, and yeah. I couldn't until the baseball game was over. Yeah, I, mean, I have a hard time watching baseball on TV. I mean, I know it's the playoffs. It's a one-game playoff. There's all of that, but it's just like... You're dead to me. Come on. Come on. Wait, Let's go. It's extra innings. That's the exciting See, part. It's do or die, my, basically. My, I know, and that, but that's kind of my problem, too, is there's no clock. And I know that baseball people love that there's no clock. I get it. I, I, I think it's great there's no clock. Uh-huh. But I'm a clock person. I want to know when the, the end is going to be. Which is strange, because if you were to judge the two of us, you would probably assume that I was the clock guy. Yes. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I'm falling on my knees, forgive me. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. The odd news coming out this hour is all about this FBI investigation of what happened in the summer of 1982 with Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford. Did anything happen? Well, the FBI was called in to investigate, but it looks like they were not given the go-ahead to interview Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, that the White House put limits on on these interviews and instead said that they would have to use the testimony from last Thursday from Kavanaugh and Ford. And that's what they would have to use to in place of an interview. That doesn't make it makes zero it sense. It obviously doesn't jibe with what the White House had been saying about all of this, because the White House had been saying that they would allow the Senate to make the determination as to the scope of who was going to be spoken with and who wouldn't be. There was criticism because there was talk of the White House putting limits on the scope of the investigation. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that both Ford and Kavanaugh had been questioned by senators in the most public way possible, an indication that the White House didn't believe it would have been necessary for them to do that. But But that's not up to the White House. That should be up to the FBI. The investigators, what do they think they need to come to a conclusion? if If you were saying that you were doing it because you wanted transparency and openness in all of this, um, there's also a, a letter to Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, that says regarding the documents you have requested in your letter, October 2, Dr. Ford is prepared to provide those documents to the FBI when she is interviewed. We have not yet heard from the FBI about scheduling an interview with her. And that was a letter that was dated today. I, I Oh, man. How do you... How do you consider this a How do you consider this a credible interview if you don't interview the two people who were involved? It's a in sham it? investigation if you don't interview the two people a question. 
It is all hearsay why from you, other people. Why have you gone through what this whole doing? process and you're not allowing those two people to be interviewed? It doesn't make any sense, especially because the White House yesterday said, oh, they can do whatever they want, whatever the investigators need, and uh, talk to whoever you want. Oh, but not the two people in question? It, that's not an investigation. Well, Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's take our minds off of it and talk about something more important. Return to the postseason for the sixth consecutive season, yes. winning the NL West. Right. And they have like four World Series titles as a result of those. Uh, that, am I? Oh, sorry. I misread that. You sound so bitter. You sound like such a, a bitter. When, I mean, my problem is I don't know there, who to root for. Let me just tell you, now. there's been a lot of even years since your even year run. <laughs> That's true. I, yes. I will allow you that. The Dodgers will take on the Braves in the NL Division Series. This begins tomorrow night at Dodger Stadium. That's great. And Friday they play, and then they head to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a tough young team. Although I believe in the in the uh, season series, the Dodgers are the ahead Dodgers five, are ahead. Yeah, the, so, the Braves have only taken two games for them in the normal se- in the regular season. So the other the big news baseball wise tonight or today was that the Rockies beat the Cubs two to one in thirteen innings last night in what was a, just an absolute barn burner of a game. That I know that doesn't sound like it if you're not a baseball fan, but two to one was a spectacular score where the umpire almost got taken out of the game late in the game because he got hit by a pitch, uh, where the Cubs, I think, set a record by playing 23 different players, which is a, a record a tied a record for the postseason. And then A's and Yankees will play tonight at 5 o'clock for the American League wild card. And all of that is just, th- this is the way it's supposed to go. I mean, this is the way it should go. Um, the winner of the A's Yankees will take on the Red Sox for the American League Division Series uh, starting Friday. Chargers news late yesterday found out that the Chargers have gotten rid of their punter, Drew Kayser, and have instead signed Donnie Jones. Donnie Jones, who was the punter in Philadelphia when Caleb Sturgis was the kicker in Philadelphia. They had good chemistry, I believe. Caleb Sturgis is 85% good when Donnie Jones is holding his punts. Uh, It was a bit of a head scratcher in terms of, all right, so we've got a kicker who missed a couple extra points and a field goal on Sunday. Chargers kicking was continuing. And then it's like, okay, so we're going to keep the kicker, but get rid of the punter. We're going to get rid of the guy who's holding for him. But apparently, yes, that's exactly what they're going to do. They haven't been happy with Drew Kayser's holding or his punts really for a couple years, Kellen Clemens held the the uh, kicks last year and the year before because Drew Kayser was inconsistent holding. Uh, and he did have a, that mishap happen when the, the Chargers took on the Rams and they were deep in their own end zone and he took his full steps, which was a head scratcher at best there. And the, the punt was blocked and then, uh, and then, you know, the Rams were able to score easy on that drive. So Donnie Jones, he's 38 years old, coming out of retirement, to join the Chargers. What happens if Caleb Sturgis misses another extra point, misses yeah. another field goal this weekend? Right. I don't know. Then, then we look at the get, long snapper, get, I guess. <laughs> you start you start taking off some uh, left tackles because they got uh, in the line of we'll, sight. We'll see what happens. But they think that uh, his confidence will definitely be improved if he's got the holder that he was so successful with in Philadelphia. Today, I think, starts uh, National uh, Hockey League as well. That's Isn't true. Tonight, yeah. opening, yes, opening it is. Night for that? Yes, I think there's sir. only four games on the uh, on the regular season schedule today. 
And uh, the Ducks uh, are up in Anaheim to take on the Sharks if you were a big hockey fan. Hockey fan, eh? Uh, You know, if it's on, I'll watch it. Hockey in person uh, is great. It's better than any other sport. You don't even have to understand it to have a great time. Better than any other sport in person. John. Yes. How are you? Did you stay up for all 13 innings? Yes. I had to do a lot of driving last night, so I heard most of it in the car. But I, when I got home, yeah, we stayed to the end. How about you, that, uh, that That pinch runner came in for the Cubs and pretended to get hit by the ball that actually hit the umpire? That was, <laughs> that was a good one. It was so great because he's only had one major league hit in his entire career. You might as well try and sneak on He base. only runs. Yeah. That guy played has, for the Royals a few years ago. He has more. I saw. I heard this stat. He has more stolen bases than he has plate appearances. Yes. Or official at-bats, but one of those statistics. Yeah, so Either one is a ridiculous thing. Yeah, no, he's got he's got one dimension. You can make the major <laughs> he's leagues. He's the one-tool player. If you can do one. Yeah, no, I've, I've read if you have one great tool, you can make then the major leagues. Then why did he swing at that pitch? Yeah, that was the well, other. Well, because uh, that's that not his ridiculous. tool. ridiculous. I know. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> that? That's one of his bad tools. I was like, step into it. That's what you do. You step into the pitch. You don't swing at it. Wow. That's what I did. Used in to, my in my playing days, used to, used to yeah. step I was very in. fast. I could steal bases, but I couldn't hit to save my life, right. so I'd step into them. The Cubs cut her after like two years; they just couldn't take her. <laughs> Where was this career? I Novato High School, Nov- <laughs> girls softball. Yeah. Were they oh, okay. the Hornets? Yes, the Hornets. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Of course they were. JV is a junior. Thank what, you very much. JV wow. is a junior. <laughs> Pretty good. One of the, one of the only. <laughs> so you were, the, you were the senior member of the JV yeah. team. <laughs> She's like a, that 15-year-old kid with a mustache. Uh, all right. What do you guys have going on today? Uh, well, we're going to mock that uh, silly twit uh, Eric Garcetti three different ways. We got... I heard lots of material. I heard the list of freeways that he was just spouting out numbers that he was making up, and I could only think of you guys using that over and over and over again. What time is that? Uh, (laughs) It could go on several hours. It's going to start right at two. Oh, good. All right. right. John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCU. Anyway.